Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. There's really nowhere else we'd rather be on a Sunday morning than right here in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana Food Lovers, a very good Super Bowl Sunday to you. This is your culinary culture and lifestyle show celebrating food and wine every Sunday. And today we're celebrating football. This is a place for people who love to cook or love to eat, we like to say. And uh, we could definitely be friends if food is your passion. You can find us serving up seconds at chefjamie.com where there are a bevy of big game recipes amazing party recipes for super bowl whether you're planning a big bash or a last minute get together we have game day snacks like dips and wings and drinks galore and end zone edibles that will make you a culinary hero when it comes to the big game today good morning to you lana good morning Cheering for your family's favorite football team. Maybe you have a couch full of kids, a bunch of neighbors. Well, we believe that calls for plates piled high with finger food and winning recipes. So we're kicking off this show, of course, talking about Super Bowl. And this year, we're all about home gating for those that live on the east coast of course there is less tailgating going on this year because of the cold weather than in years past and here in southern california we're staying warm and cozy inside and we are home gating so you can entertain have everything out on a big beautiful buffet and then set it up so that everyone can eat at their leisure but we like to break the game down into a feast of a few different courses right we like to kick off with finger food we like to have a halftime extravaganza and then the final touchdown is always sweets or dessert so you want to kick it off Lana with some kickoff finger food because I think armchair quarterbacks can only hold one utensil or a chicken wing in one hand and a a beer or a cocktail in the other (laughs) well should we start with wings yes are we winging it as I like to say we should definitely start with wings because what's a big game party without wings I like to do a cola hot wing. Yes, you do. And it's, I will say, that is one of the best I've had. And it's the idea of hot wings, but with the flavor and the effervescence and the benefit of soda. Well, it's just a few ingredients, really. It's what I love to use is Frank's hot sauce. Yes. And add cola. You could even add root beer mm. and some soy mm, sauce yeah. and some pepper and uh, use blue cheese salad dressing bottled as your dip. Yeah, it's a great shortcut. It's quick. The game is not too far away right now. Right. And you'll have great wings. You still have time to plan. Uh We're going to be talking about wings coming up later in the hour. In fact, there's a documentary on the best chicken wing found Mm -hmm. somewhere across the country. And it's all about Frank's Red Hot. And when it comes to the traditional buffalo wing, I'm a Red Hot girl, too. And I like to mix it myself, although they do make a wing sauce. I like to mix the Red Hot with buffalo sauce. But I thought outside the box this year. And in fact, just a couple of days ago on KTLA Channel 5, I hope you caught me cooking up some wings and dips and everything for a football feast with Allie McKay. And on Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen, I've chronicled uh, all the videos so that you can watch uh, from when I was on live. But I've also posted links to every recipe as seen on TV. And again, they're posted at chefjamie.com. I took wings and brought them to a 
crunchy, sticky, fabulously delicious place because whether you make your own Asian sauce to honor Chinese New Year just a couple of days ago or you use store-bought hoisin, bake or fry your wings, toss them in a good, rich hoisin-style sauce, and then pull out that can of French fried onions. Yes, you remember those, mm. like the French's or the Durky that I remember growing up with. You could fry your own too, but crush crush them up, put them in a bowl, and toss the hoisin glazed wings in the onion crunch. And you have a sticky onion crunch wing that is out of this world. I have to say it was the hit of my Super Bowl feast on Wednesday morning live on TV. Mm. And if you make mm. one recipe for the big game today, might I suggest that you make sticky onion crunch wings. They were killer. Sounds fabulous. Yeah, they now, were delicious. Now, of course, with the wings, yes. you have to set up a Bloody Mary bar. Why, certainly you do. That's what I actually call a salad bar for a football game, right? <laughs> because you can have your Bloody Mary mixes, mm-hmm. um, but as you and I and Craig talk about too, it's all about what you add. And so the salad mixins of choice, right? Everything from uh, crisp bacon mm-hmm. to pepperoncini, your favorite chilies, pickled vegetables, olives galore. What make, else can you think of? Make a fabulous breakfast burrito. There you go. Mix all those peppers and chilies and eggs and ham together. And so you could do a big breakfast buffet. Mm-hmm. That's I love that idea. Even stuffed pancakes with sausage and bacon. Mm, that sounds good. You're going the breakfast route for the big game now, aren't you? At the beginning. Uh, yes. yes. Not a bad idea. But let's go back to the Bloody Mary because since I'm a Seattle fan, yes, they are serving salmon vodka. Yeah, so the same company that released bacon vodka like a year ago has come out with a salmon vodka. And to honor Seattle, it is made, um, in fact, uh, from a a distillery where the salmon is uh, coming from Wasilla, right, Mm -hmm. up uh, in Alaska. And uh, for those Seattle fans, Seahawk fans who are salmon lovers, what could be better than salmon vodka? So you're suggesting salmon vodka in your Bloody Mary. I see oh, where you're going here. Oh, definitely so. Yeah. Most definitely. And, how about for an oyster shooter as well? Oh, I love that idea. I actually would like to try the salmon vodka, which we haven't tasted yet, no. but we are mm-hmm. um, going to um, find ourselves a bottle. I'd actually like to make a smoked salmon pasta, like with a cream sauce, mm. and deglaze with the salmon vodka. Well, they say that the really upfront notes are the smoke. Yeah, so it's made with smoked salmon, mm-hmm. actually. And so it would impart, I would think, that smoky flavor. I'm interested to um, determine the fishiness. Well, the very last taste of the it last is bite. salmon, salmon yeah. bite. <laughs> and then what if you were to represent Denver? Because we're all about representing teams and colors. Um, certainly the Broncos and, and food in both cities is mm-hmm. um, known and loved. And the first thing that comes to mind is Rocky Mountain oysters. Yes. For anyone who um, loves a Rocky Mountain oyster or who knows them, um, cow or bull testicles are often eaten and fried. Um, and whether you're Andrew Zimmern or just a a crazy, fabulous foodie, um, they might graze your buffet or they might not. Um, Stay tuned because when we get to dessert, I actually have a dessert that honors both cities, Seattle and Denver. Your dessert is not with Rocky Mountain No, it isn't. Not at all. It's it's sugar all the way. And then I'll Uh, still be there. (laughs) Thank you. Good. I'm I'm glad you're coming to the party. Um, Wings, of course, and then dip, I think, is the ultimate kickoff 
food. And when it comes to dips, I have a gumbo beer dip that I took from my culinary uh, training and experience in New Orleans. Everything I love with uh, that comes from a gumbo, the shrimp, the scallops, all mixed together with really delicious cheesiness and a bunch of hot sauce to make a gumbo dip um, that is killer, if I may say. Plus, I took the white bean dip and the vegetarian approach to having something slightly healthier mm. on the buffet, and I added a whole slew of sriracha because we talk about the sriracha sensation here in your race radio very often in fact so I have a spicy sriracha white bean dip planned for the big game today as well then let's get to halftime deliciousness because I think you need a main course that everybody can again one-handedly eat for your big game bash but it has to be something that feeds a crowd so what I'm all about is this concept this year of one baguette and three sandwiches. So it's one big long sub. Go find at your gourmet supermarket or your favorite bakery this morning, go find a big long French baguette, like, you know, two feet long, as long as you could find it, maybe three. And then cut it open horizontally, of course, and leave it hinged in the back and Open up the bread and then consider your three favorite sandwiches. So I'm ham and cheese, like good honey ham, gray air, Dijon mayo frise, the first third of the sandwich. The middle third of the bread, I did all vegetarian in my plan for Super Bowl feasting. And it's roasted peppers and tomatoes, artichoke hearts, caponata or tepanade. And then the final third of this sub deliciousness is roast beef cheddar and a remoulade Mm. plus bitey arugula. And you have one baguette, three sandwiches that feeds a crowd. Oh, nice. How great is that? Very nice. Now I'm going the route of like a Reuben hoagie. Oh, that sounds good. You know, or you could do just sausages, your favorite grilled sausage with caramelized red onions. That sounds football friendly on and touchdown three, on, worthy. On three feet and it will be gone. I like that. What about your buttered crab roll? The Cook with Lana recipe this week is fact, in fact, rather, is posted at chefjamie.com. And um, it's crab season, in yes, fact. and Dungeness crab is in season. So instead of lobster, I used uh, Dungeness crab. Nice. Uh, but don't forget the sweet peppers on it and mm-hmm. uh, take some Best Foods mayo and mix it up with some dill, tarragon, and par- parsley. Or, or if you've gone to the big game, if you're at the Super Bowl, then bring back Hellman's, please, from the East Coast and drop it off oh, at my door. My we favorite. We yeah. should have a mayonnaise conversation coming up <laughs> in the weeks to come. And don't forget your hot dog. You, hot dogs, you can make it into a hot dog bar. Do it yourself with all the toppings. Yeah, I love that idea because, I mean, then you really get a perfect personalized approach. I actually posted as the weekly dish one of the uh, centerpieces of my Super Bowl buffet that I think will wow any crowd and that is a buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Mm. So I took our love of buffalo chicken and macaroni and cheese and I combined penne pasta with a creamy cheesy buffalo spiked sauce shredded rotisserie chicken or if you roast one of your own or you have leftover from dinner last Mm. night and then piled it all together in a casserole put a blue cheese panko crumb topping on it baked it off and then to gild the lily when it comes to the buffet or to the table you drizzle a blue cheese butter yes you heard me right which by the way I I was going to bathe in later two ingredients that's right butter and 
some blue cheese melted together, drizzled over the top of this buffalo chicken mac and cheese. That oh. is the piece de resistance. Oh, that sounds divine. Now, I make a chicken wing dip. Yes, you do. I love and, that. And you could just spread that on the on the long three feet, uh, three foot hoagie whatever sounds good to me <laughs> and it's the basis of uh, cream cheese sour cream and uh, the buffalo wing sauce love it by popular request by the way the cocktail you'll love is lana's lemon lime vodka slush you heard about it on the radio last mm-hmm. sunday if you made it now it would be frozen slushy in time mm-hmm. to serve to your guests and then when it comes to you still um, have time you still have time it. yeah when it comes to the final touchdown let's talk sweets because this is what settles or separates Seattle from Denver, in my opinion. Now, in Seattle, we know the celebrity chef is Tom Douglas, and everybody loves him and his... Mm -hmm. I mean, bounty of restaurants. Plus, Dahlia Bakery um, is one that he's quite known for, and he makes a coconut cream pie. And I took the coconut cream pie to a whole new level by making it in a glass. So make your favorite vanilla or coconut pudding or custard. Crush vanilla wafers on the bottom of a glass. Fill it with the pudding or the custard. Top it with whipped cream Mm. and toasted coconut. And you have a dessert for Seattle Seahawks lovers. There we go. And let's not forget jello shots. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No matter what city. And then for Denver, there's a famous ice cream shop that actually serves their favorite scoops of ice cream of their customers or clients over a Belgian waffle. So whether you buy them frozen or make them your own, that would be a dessert to honor the Denver Broncos. But no matter who your team is, may the best team win. You are definitely ready for some football now. We're upping the quality of football food at chefjamie.com. You'll find all the recipes or many of which we spoke about just now on the website. But stay tuned because there's so much delicious conversation coming up in your radio. Savour Magazine celebrating 20 years and the editor James Osland is coming up. Wait till you hear this really extraordinary foodie conversation. Plus Matt Reynolds did create a documentary about the great chicken wing and he's coming up before the end of the hour. There's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Please don't touch your dial. It's delicious. It's divine. It's food and wine. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio, feeding your insatiable appetite. We are celebrating. It's January, and we are delighted that the 20th anniversary of Savour Magazine, America's most critically acclaimed food magazine, has released their special edition, the Savour 100, the annual list of the best drinks and dishes, ingredients, places, people, publications, and tools. I will say, as everyone knows who has listened to this show for so very long, we are great Savour fans. And every month when the magazine releases, I always feel like they've outdone the previous publication. Well, I will say, after 20 years, this is an extraordinary compilation of the best of the best ideas and food finds and fabulous eats. And there is no one better to share the passion of this extraordinary magazine than the editor-in-chief, James Osland. He's joined us before, and he is gracing us once again with his presence. In the food world, he is considered an icon. He has won more than 40 different awards, including numerous James Beard Journalism Awards, the American Society of Magazine Editor Awards, uh, awards from all around the globe. And I will say, when it comes to die-hard food, 
foodies. This gentleman reigns supreme. It is editor James Osland here to share the past 20 years in food trends from Savour Magazine, and we are delighted to have you back, James. Welcome and Happy New Year. I am delighted to be here, and I'm also verklempt at the same time for your warm and generous introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, very, it's very our sweet. pleasure, of course. How do you top last month's issue every time around? I, I, no, I thought it was so interesting. I always love to read um, your first, your editor's note. And I love when you mentioned, in your opinion, that you don't believe Savour is a food magazine. I thought that was such an interesting statement. That's our sh- little secret. Yes, is, you sh- know, I mean, we are we are a food magazine, and we're chock-a-block with really wonderful, makeable recipes for the home cook and full of fascinating content for folks who are interested in food and cooking. But really, at our heart and soul, we're almost like a sociological magazine, an anthropological mm-hmm. magazine, yes. a magazine that tells the story of the human experience through food, through what we do at our tables, what we do at our mealtime tables, and what we do in our kitchens mm-hmm. and at our markets. Really just, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing continuum of a story. There's just extraordinary human connectivity when you really look at food. It's something that binds us all together. It's something we can all celebrate. It's something that can give us all pleasure every single day, hopefully a few times over. Mm-hmm. Or, or more, if you don't mind, yes. with a couple of <laughs> snacks thrown in. What a goal. (laughs) That's right. Lana and I make that our goal. One of the things that I love about Savor is that I believe you have always elevated the concept of food. It's a very aspirational magazine to me in that you've traveled somewhere and you fell in love with a dish and aspired to make it. And Savor is going to hold your hand and bring you that best recipe from that particular place on the planet and allow you to master it with confidence. And it really is, like you said, the Smithsonian meets the Epicurean. I was hoping that we could sit down for this conversation at one of your favorite spots. It falls at number two in the Savour 120th Anniversary Edition, (laughs) and it is Portland's Higgins Restaurant. And just so you know, I would kill to sit there and eat charcuterie with you. This place is truly amazing. There is a lot of really, really great charcuterie, sausages, Mm -hmm. cured meats being made by all sorts of extraordinary cooks all around America, North Mm -hmm. America even. But this guy, the food that he makes there is really heavenly, really, really divine, advanced, sophisticated, Mm -hmm. so, so delicious, the charcuterie that he makes. Okay, so as we continue, we're going to try to get through as many as we can of 100. We don't have time for the 100. I know, but I I marked my favorite. So will you indulge me, James, and allow me to continue to turn the pages? Please do. I have a slight culinary crush on Jose Andres. Um, and yeah. it's okay because my better half knows and he's fine with it. And Jose Andres knows as well, um, which is wonderful. But number 11 in the Savour list is the Escalivada. Escalivada. This is the most amazing food. Yes, it actually came to my office just a couple of months ago along with Jose Andres. Amazing Spanish chef Great based talent. in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Yes. So talented. Brilliant. Brilliant. He has this new product line. Sometimes it's like a pinch me. I can't believe I have this actual job because some of the stuff that just comes through the office 
is amazing. And so I got this incredible box of uh, goodies from Jose Andres' new product line. They were all fantastic foods. There was a sherry vinegar that was absolutely to die for, a few varieties mm. of olives. But this in particular, this escalavada, it's grilled eggplants, grilled onions, and sweet peppers, roasted sweet peppers, grilled sweet peppers, mm. and olive oil, a pinch of salt, and that's it. You know, a lot of times foods that come from jars, they kind of taste like they've come from a jar. They're sort of a kind of facsimile of their real self right off the fire. This was not the case with this. And I've been through, I think since then, probably five, six, seven jars of this. And I always want to like do something with it, you know, put it on a sandwich or I don't know, serve it alongside something else or even incorporate it into a salad. Mm. But I can never get to that point because I I will have already (laughs) completely scarfed the jar. I was going to say because you're too busy. That's right. Eating it out of the jar. I hadn't heard that term before. Esquilevada. And I I love the idea of, you know, the Spanish tapas and the roasted rich umami flavors and the depth of Jose Andres' cooking. So if I could break into your office and steal the jar, I would. Otherwise, we'll wait for the line to release. Yes, I think you can get it online right now. There we go. Okay, good. Which you should do. But you might want to buy a couple of jars because it'll take 35 seconds to eat one jar. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Okay. Okay. Moving on. What number? Number 13, lemon olive oil, which I have sitting in front of me. James, Jamie, and I'm <laughs> quoting you, blitzed the hell out of the lemons and I olive oil. Did, I did. So I, if I may, James, just mention that I remember when this brilliant tidbit of culinary advice was mentioned in a Savoir magazine of um, issues past. And then when you've recalled it in the top 100, I got out of my office chair when I was reading the issue. I went to the kitchen. I put a lemon and good olive of oil into the blender and I did I, I whizzed the heck out of it right and all the memories of when I had originally made this lemon olive oil came back to me the bright beautiful essence of the Meyer lemon and its pith and its bitterness it's brilliant and it's the most nutty thing because it's like there's nothing to it it literally is just lemon and olive oil and I think the trick to it is is you've got to really really to borrow the writer, Carla Hall, the amazing co-host of The Chew on ABC and also one-time Top Chef contestant and a good personal buddy of mine. Her thing is, you know, just really, really, really pulverize it to it's super smooth. It's not chunky, but using it, like if you've got some just roasted potatoes right out of the oven or even, say, Brussels sprouts just right out of the oven roasted or even actually just blanched veg, too, would work amazingly. This is the most divine, perfect dressing, just like a splash, and it completely elevates, transports foods. It's so incredible. Meyer lemons are definitely best to make this, but regular supermarket lemons work pretty damn well too. And, you know, really you could actually almost use a variety of different citruses when you're doing this. You could use oranges. You could, you know, use oranges and lemon and a little grapefruit thrown in there, but peel and all, everything. Yes, that's what I was thinking. It's totally amazing. Totally transportive food. Amazing. It's like uh, Clementine season is coming. I can't right? tell you. I'm uh. going to stand with my blender and wait for the growers to come. Because can you imagine all the different varieties of citrus the blended? The cocktail grapefruits we just received from Melissa's. Oh, these sweet, beautiful totally. cocktail mm. grapefruits. Totally. Whizzed in. Uh, oh, incredible. Over scallops or tossed right? with arugula or watercress for mm. greens. Mm. Oh, I exactly. love it. 
which would go beautifully paired, by the way, with tartiflette. <laughs> so number 22 on the Savoir list of top 100. And by the way, if you've just tuned in, you are so late. James Osland is here. He is the editor-in-chief. And when he graces us uh, with his culinary prowess, we um, sit down and we listen. And I will tell you, uh, tartiflette sounds like something I-, I couldn't live without after learning about it. <laughs> It is. This is sort of like the ultimate casserole. This yes. is not a calorie counting dish. There is no two ways around it. What it is is a classic French dish from eastern France, the Haute Savoie. Its main ingredient is a kind of cheese called Riblochon. That's I love Riblochon. Oh my God, mm. it's so delicious. And if tangy. You're a cheese lover, yes. Yeah, if you're a cheese lover, this is like a kind of ultimate cheese. But also in the dish are potatoes and cream and then lardons of bacon, you know, like, like, you'll, like you'll encounter in, in um, you know, in that salad. Um, yes, uh, in a frise salad, a frise salad, right, with a poached you. egg and the lardons yes. and the yes. bright sherry vinaigrette. Yes. Yum. This is like, this takes scalloped potatoes and just like shoots it into the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. It's just so rich, sumptuous, amazing, just so insanely delicious, this food. Mm. I'm drooling on the page. That is (laughs) dinner tonight. (laughs) There we go. I love that idea. Uh, Okay. There are more than 50 to come. We have to take a quick break though, James, and we're not willing to lose you. So please stay with us. We would like to continue to dish on the Savour Top 100. You won't go away, will you? I would be honored to stay. Thank you. There are so many delicious recipes from around the globe. It is Savour's January issue, savoring a world of authentic cuisine. And there's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Do not touch your dial. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. We've talked 50 of the 100, and we're adding 50 more. It is Savour's January and February issue of Savoring the World of Authentic Cuisine. And Editor-in-Chief James Osland is here as we celebrate the past 20 years of a glorious magazine and the past 20 years in food trends Wago, is it, James? I love <laughs> this exactly concept. That's exactly right. I love this item, too. I'm so glad you, you pinpointed it. <laughs> okay, so we were recently in our favorite Asian market, Lana and I, yeah. near where we both live. Yeah. And this would have been really, really helpful because I can never read the ramen packaging. This is so incredible. This, this is, is genius. Like the best app. And it's an app. Somebody in Asia invented this. Yes, it's an app for your smartphone. Right. And it's called Wago, W-A-Y-G-O. And what it does, it just, it, it just blows my mind, this thing. It's like, how, how does it do this? Right. Does it have a person inside of it? It, <laughs> it translates Chinese characters. So, for instance, when you're in a Chinese restaurant and you see that totally incredible-looking secret menu that's on the wall, or you know it's going to be incredible, but you have no idea what, what it actually says, you hold this thing up to it, and it captures the characters, and it translates them. So it's fantastic for menus, but also, as you pointed out, if you're in an Asian supermarket and yes. you're like, I don't know what this is that I'm looking at. Usually this stuff is translated in English, but sometimes 
very, very awkwardly and strangely. This is like extra illuminating. It is my favorite app out there. It's so terrific. And the name of it again is Wago, W-A-Y-G-O. And I would love to be able to unlock the knowledge of whether it says spicy or mild on the package. So thank you. (laughs) That would be very helpful. There was another app that I immediately went to my smartphone and uploaded as well. And it was a free app that I was most impressed by too, as long as we're on the app topics called Snapseed that you enlightened me to. My second favorite app. I've been using this for about a year myself. It's a Google app. As you pointed out, it's free. If you take food pictures, which I suspect a lot of us do for listening in, this is the thing you want. I mean, Instagram is amazing, but the capacity of this app, Snapseed, to improve food photographs, make them richer, make them more dramatic, make them ultimately more delicious looking by cropping, by doing color tonal balance, by softening sometimes and like making like soft focus or a sharper focus in one part of the picture. And it's very, very easy to use. Anybody can use it. You just dive in there and it's just full of all of these extraordinary little controls. And it's just a lovely, lovely thing. Another really, really terrific app for your smartphone. Quite a spectacular find. And we thank you very, very much. Number 56, I cannot wait to make Cornell chicken. I love this one, too. You're picking a lot of my favorites. I love it. This recipe comes thanks to a professor at Cornell University, Robert C. Baker, who uh, invented, I believe it was back in the 40s or 50s, what he thinks is the ultimate roast chicken recipe, a roast chicken that retains all of its moisture thanks to a marinade that is kind of almost like a mayonnaise that has eggs in it, of all things, eggs and oil, and it's thick, and it's so delicious the way this chicken comes out. It's a very, very easy thing to make. Once you taste this, you will be a convert for life. The recipe is on page 88, and I've already rabbit ear marked the page. Just at totally, totally fabulous recipe. I can't fabulous wait. Fabulous recipe. I have had the privilege for many years of um, working under and cooking with Emeril Lagasse, as I think you know, James. And it has been yes. um, an extraordinary exploration of fabulous food for me, one of which often revolves around the conversation of Portuguese cuisine and Portuguese wines. And right. I was very delighted to see number 85 on the Savour top 100 list of 20 years highlighting Portuguese cheeses. There are so many wonderful Portuguese influenced food and drink out there that I think is finally getting its due. I couldn't agree with you more. What I find so beautiful about these Portuguese cheeses that we've highlighted, really all Portuguese cheeses, you know, that I can think of, they're very straightforward yet they're very complex. They almost kind of remind me more of British cheeses than French cheeses or or maybe even Spanish cheeses. They're just so, so nice. They are not that hard to find. You just may not know what they are. And they really are, as the contributor Michelle Leoza suggests in her her piece about these cheeses, they're perfecto, they're perfect, exactly the kind of cheese that you want. Mm -hmm. I would like a wedge right now. (laughs) And then if you would leave us at 94... We will leave the last six to all of the fabulous foodies and our listeners across the country who are going to run out after this interview and buy their (laughs) copy of the January-February Savoir if they don't already have the magazine. 
the food collages of Julie Lee have left an indelible memory and I will say hunger for both Lana and I from this past year. And I thought it was really wonderful being Southern California based as well, that you acknowledged her, as you call them, quote, composed cornucopias. They are Mm -hmm. quite extraordinary. And I think it's the mind of a great culinary artist that you've acknowledged and quite a wonderful acknowledgement at that. Her photos are just so lovely. And you can see a lot of them online. And she goes especially to the farmer's market in Santa Monica and Uh just gathers all all the in-season ingredients and makes these beautiful mosaics of these ingredients. Usually they're kind of color or shape inspired and they're just transfixing these compositions that she does. They make you want to get into the kitchen and go to the market and buy these foods, but they also just satisfy just sort of staring at them for a while and falling into these images, these compositions that she's created. They're just so beautiful. They're really, really beautiful, really cool stuff. Yeah. And we know that you know all the cool stuff. I'd like to leave or end with this, if you don't mind. I know a little bit about you from our conversations, of course, but also from a bit of research. And you are a milk chocolate aficionado. Is that true? You are. It's so so true. Okay. Leave us with this. Either the last place you traveled around the world or somewhere in your own backyard in New York, the best milk chocolate bar you've chomped of late. The best one, I took a trip a couple of weeks ago to Hawaii, and it was a local chocolate. There were plenty of dark chocolates that were on offer, but I, of course, went for the milk chocolate. I mean, I like dark chocolate, but milk chocolate just, it's so satisfying. It's my comfort zone. And I am not remembering the exact name of it. It was a small maker, but wow, really, really delicious chocolate from local cacao like you know Hawaiian cacao very very nice really good field trip with James Osland for chocolate (laughs) I love it in Hawaii in Hawaii right (laughs) terrific food there fell in love with the food there we are going to beg you to come back at some point again mid-year and highlight the best of the current Savoir publication at that moment James will you please join us again I find it always just delightful to have you I'd love to it's been a delight for me too thank you we are always thrilled as we say we have the best culinary thinkers on this show well we've just proven it kicking off 2014 with editor-in-chief James Osland of Savoir magazine it's the January February issue you will not want to miss celebrating 20 years of savoring a world of authentic cuisine with the top 100 the biggest names in food all came together to look back at their favorite tales and recipes from the past 20 years of Savoir. A very happy new year to you once again. Extraordinary congratulations on a a brilliant January, February issue and a great 100. I mean, really spectacular. Oh, it's so nice to hear. Mm -hmm. It was great talking to you guys. Nice to talk with you you. as well, James. Thank you. There's more culinary insight after this. You wouldn't dare touch your dial, now would you? Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana on this Super Bowl Sunday in your radio. We are football feasting and dishing on what is the ultimate football fair. Did you know that Americans will eat more than 1.2 billion, with a B, wings today? Yes, in fact, 2014 is also the 50th anniversary of the invention of the buffalo wing. So whom better to speak about a singular obsession 
with wings than this gentleman. He is Matt Reynolds, a former journalist who reported on Eastern Europe for the New York Times and Reuters from 2004 to 2008, who actually forsaked a successful life in journalism to create a wing-obsessed movie. Yes, in fact, being touted as one of the best and bona fide films of the year, and I quote, The Great Chicken Wing Hunt has released. It is a documentary about his wing addiction, and it is Matt, along with his ragtag gang, that embark on a trip across the country to find the ultimate wing. And we couldn't think of a better day than today to celebrate the great chicken wing hunt. Matt Reynolds joins us live, and we're delighted. Hello, Mr. Director. Hello. That was quite an introduction. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We're glad to have you. Okay, so today being Super Bowl Sunday, I can't imagine a better day to celebrate. Um, Tell us about your award-winning documentary so everyone knows how you found the world's best wing, please. The film started with me. I'm from the Buffalo area where wings were invented 50 years ago. And everywhere I would live, because I moved around a lot, I would make authentic buffalo wings for people. And when I moved to Europe to work there as a journalist, I was making wings of wood that never had them before. And they just loved them. And at one of these wing parties, we had this idea that I would take a bunch of them back to the U.S. to do a wing tour, like you might go to France for a wine tour. And then this evolved into a mission to find the world's best wing. We searched New York State and the neighboring states. 16 days, 72 stops, 270 types of wings. I think 400,000 calories. Oh, my gosh. That's all? I hope that you divided those calories among the (laughs) eight of you. A couple of spots and plots along the way, if you would. Let's start at the beginning before we get to the ultimate wing. In 2007, you actually won the National Buffalo Sauce Championship. That's right. So you have a history in wings. And then you mentioned as well in 1964 in Buffalo, New York, the family-run restaurant called The Anchor Bar actually invented the wing. And I'd like to start there. Tell the story, if you would, because it really is a great football conversation. A lot of people don't know this these days. Wings were not widely eaten. They were kind of considered scraps. They were like the gizzard or something at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Nobody really wanted them. And this woman who ran this restaurant, The Anchor Bar, her name was Teresa Blissimo, she got a case of wings that she didn't want from her distributor. It was a mistaken delivery. She got in a fight with her husband. He she wanted to send them back. He didn't want to bother the distributor. What was she going to do with all these wings? Gets in a fight, goes to sleep, can't sleep, wakes up at 4 in the morning, goes to her kitchen, and three hours later, she has invented buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next night, she had her son bring over a bunch of his friends, and she served them these wings, and they loved them. And they put them on the bar, and the rest was just kind of history. And seeing that you've mastered the buffalo wing in your own kitchen, can you give us some insight into the recipe for the sauce, the secrets that make up what I think is the very addictive aspect of the wing that can't get enough of the sauce licking our fingers? So the original recipe, interestingly enough, was just Frank's red hot sauce and butter. And then the wing, unbreaded wing, deep fried, cut in half, served with celery and blue cheese on the side. I think that you can build off that and make something that's even more interesting. So what I do is saute garlic, lots of garlic, in the butter, and then I dump in the franks, and then I add just an assortment of fresh peppers, usually whatever I can find in the supermarket. Do you slice the chilies, Matt? Yeah, I slice them very finely. Very finely. And do you keep the veins and the seeds? Yes, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you like it hot. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I like it really hot. 
I also put in an assortment of other hot sauces, a little celery salt, and a little bit of mustard. Uh, but wait, 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 hold on. These are foodies that you're talking right. to and listening. What kind of mustard? Mustard powder? Dijon mustard? Yellow <laughs> mustard? Pick a mustard. I use, like, usually a honey mustard. Ooh, there's the secret. That serves the dual purpose of the honey cutting the bitterness. Matt, are the measurements equal on the butter and the Frank's sauce? No, I think it's about... For a 16-ounce bottle, I think it's uh, a half a stick of butter or a stick of butter. In The Great Chicken Wing Hunt, which you'll all have to watch, it is 2,627 miles of journey for the ultimate <laughs> chicken wing. And you must tell us uh, what you c- came to find. Did you find the perfect wing? And if so, where? It's interesting. I thought the question we would run into would be consensus. Would seven judges be willing to agree on what was the best tasting wing? And instead, we all more or less agreed on that. The question became, what makes a buffalo wing a buffalo wing, and where are the boundaries? So I won't give away the ending, but the, the finalists were a place in Syracuse called Shifty's. Shifty's. In upstate New York. And they did really great traditional wings across the board, and they had an excellent ultra-hot wing that they made with, like, ghost chili peppers, horseradish, cider vinegar mm. and if you like hot stuff i mean like you really have to love hot stuff the other place was abigail's a place in seneca falls also in new york state that chef put celery and blue cheese directly into the sauce so it's a creamier sauce you're getting the blue cheese flavor right in mm. the sauce and it's amazing that nobody thought of this sooner but it's an incredible flavor and the debate among the judges was is this wing which he calls the blue bayou wing a buffalo wing, or is it in the novelty wing category? Okay, I'm going to pick novelty wing category, and I'll tell you why. Lana does a wing like that, which is actually buffalo sauce coated and then dipped in a blue cheese dressing of Mm -hmm. sorts, and so you get all in one. It's like one-stop shopping when it comes to a chicken wing, and it's one great bite. The recipe is posted at chefjamie.com. There's also a link, by the way, Matt, to your website so everyone can see the trailer. It's called The Great Chicken Wing Hunt. The website is chickenwinghunt.com, and what better way to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday than with the ultimate wing? Matt, we wish you continued success in the movie business, and congratulations on certainly all of the... 20 U.S. and international festival winning awards that you've received thus far. Thank you. And if anyone wants to check out the film, it's available on Hulu now. They're doing a special festival weekend run on Hulu and also available on iTunes. Okay, so that is a wing addict if we ever spoke to one, right? Um, But I will say we hope that you are football fever inspired at this point because the food at your party is going to rock. We have just a few minutes left in what we like to call on this show our last bite, the last ounce or tidbit of culinary information we like to arm you with to make you a better cook in your own kitchen. And I thought I would just kick off this last bite with a couple of Super Bowl party tip ideas, and that is that you can turn your buffet table into a football field by just using a piece of AstroTurf in place of a tablecloth. You could always serve on your ping pong table if you have one. Um, And you can always use white medical tape as the yard lines to simulate a field. If you're laying it out, let's say, just on a green tablecloth, you can still make it work. Then when it comes to last-minute snacks, I know, Lana, you have a couple great ideas, as do I. we're talking so much pigskin that how about let's talk about buying packages 
use of pork rinds. Yes, they make a great garnish. Oh, definitely topping your dips and your soups and popcorn even. Yeah, it's that sort of salty, briny, umami addiction that you can't get enough of. Mm. And it does make a great go-to garnish. Um, I was actually thinking you might be late in planning your menu. So what should you do, last-minute food lovers? How about buying a bag of tater tots and taking nachos to a whole new level? It's brilliant, right? I mean, come on, close to it at least. You create a nacho-inspired plate of tater tots covered with shredded rotisserie chicken, black beans, cheddar cheese, pico de gallo, pickled jalapenos. You finish it with guacamole and sour cream and you have tater tot nachos. Mm, But you know, I I have baked them and deep fried them. Yes. I like the deep fried better. Well, of course we Mm. do. (laughs) Really good. (laughs) It's scrumptious. Uh, How about some hot and spicy chickpeas? Serve them as like you would nuts. Yeah, that's also, a great idea. some maple bacon popcorn. Mm. We haven't talked nuts a whole lot. And salty rosemary pecans. Perfect. I love all those snack ideas that you can graze all the way through. They make great cocktail or wine and beer pairings as well. So our last ounce of culinary knowledge and information uh, for this morning is all about what you should be drinking. Lana, your best wine ideas we've been talking about with wings, wings and wine for this year's Super Bowl. I like dry champagne for the spicy wings and Mm -hmm. a semi-dry sparkler for the wings done with barbecue sauce. Okay, and I'm going Riesling or Gewürztraminer, both along those lines. The sweeter the wine, the hotter the wing. Those are I think both brilliant pairings. And then I will mention two beer cocktails that are on my menu. Um, The first is a Super Bowl shandy. It'll start the game off from kickoff and take you all the way through. It was first developed in Britain, in fact, in the mid-1800s. It's been elevated, and I think it's cooler than ever. But it's beer mixed with lemonade and then ginger beer or even ginger ale. And I make my own lemonade with candied ginger in the mix. And if you have Meyer lemons, even better. And then Mm. you could always buy store-bought lemonade and mix it with like a pale ale and you have a Super Bowl shandy and then finish off your party with what I call a chocolate porter beer float. It's your favorite ice cream and chocolate porter beer poured over the top. That is the new root beer float. I can't think of anything better. Sounds, I can't wait for dessert. I was going to say it sounds delicious right about now. We know that your football bash is going to be a huge hit, and we hope that you find more delicious inspiration at chefjamie.com. We do hope that you'll tune in next Sunday when there's more delicious food and wine and fabulous drink in your radio. We're celebrating and planning for your Valentine's Day ideas, your Valentine's Day sweetheart, in fact. So stay tuned because Diane Worthington coming up with Valentine's Day recipe inspiration next Sunday. Plus, Michael Jordan, um, sommelier for the people with his Valentine's Day wine picks, and executive chef Michael Rossi has some fabulous ideas to cook seasonally for your sweetheart. We're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen. And may the best team win. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana on this Super Bowl Sunday. We thank you for listening and we hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.